When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Podbean, Double Twist, blah, 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 blah. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show always and forever. I appreciate it. Minnesota Wild had kind of a bit of an up and down week, unfortunately, and I'm going to have to fess up to you today. Uh, I'm going to do my best with the show uh, because <laughs> yesterday something weird happened where my wife couldn't even find her car. Uh, she works at the airport and she couldn't find her car. So obviously the ramp is all big and crazy and the place, the job makes her crazy. She couldn't find it. I had to go there late at night. We looked around for quite a while to find it, finally got it. Uh, this and that, because obviously I don't know where the heck she parked it. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> so cause that'll work there. But uh, we ended up getting it. Uh, so unfortunately, my my prep for this show won't be as great as others. But at the same time, I'm going to do my best because I'm kind of natural with this type of thing. I, at least I'd like to believe I am. So just, just giving you a, a heads up that the prep might not be as spectacular as other shows. Uh, just giving you that heads up, obviously. So Minnesota Wild again played three games this past week. And it wasn't the best. I kept talking about four games, four games. I'm always wrong. I'm wrong. It's three games this week, three games next week. So go figure. I, that's nice. I guess it's less to less to, <laughs> less to get frustrated about when you lose 6-2 to two to Florida and lose to Ottawa. What the hell? But we hammered Edmonton. Okay, so it was just kind of a bunch of mood swings, this and that. Kevin Fiala, obviously a great week. Uh, lots of conversation about uh, Cam Talbot not looking good at all. Even Kakadin, I mean, he was good, but, I mean, he has been given up three or four goals frequently. But at least he's been winning games, and occasionally he's the, he'll, he'll keep it down to two. I honestly do feel Kakadin is the better goalie of the two, but you just know if these two goalies enter the postseason, who's going to be the, the starter game one, so to speak. But you never know. Maybe we'll have a Jacques Lemaire approach where, okay, this guy's playing better than that guy, so now he's in. Oh, now we'll go back to the other one. Oh, oh you know, with Manny Fernandez and Dwayne Rollison, which took us, well, four games away from the Cup Final, and we remained four games away from the Cup Finals, which is what I believe what they were still called at the time because we didn't win a single game versus the Anaheim Schmucks. So, Florida, we were Schmucks that night. And yes, it wasn't as bad as it looks because obviously we had to give up, we gave up empty net goals, we were trying to get caught up, and Florida's talent is off the charts. I mean, I, I had a bad feeling going into this one. Four goals were officially given up by Cam Talbot, but they weren't all that great. And of course, again, the Florida Panthers just outclassed the Minnesota Wild throughout the game. Another hat trick against us, Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment with the hat trick, three goals for Florida. Barkov, who a lot of people wish was on the Minnesota Wild, including myself. Nothing, just a plus two in the game. Ekblad had a couple of great plays in the game as well. He was awesome, multi-point game. Jared Spurgeon's been picking it up of late. Matt Zuccarillo, unfortunately, uh, missed the Ottawa game with an undisclosed injury. Sounds like it's not super serious and that he will actually play against Toronto tonight. So that's a good dealie right there. Matt Boldy, he's he's good, he's he's good. And then it's down to, you know, no points. Then it's multi-points and then no points, this and that. <clears throat> but Kevin Fiala had an absolutely wonderful week, to be quite fair. Didn't do anything against Florida, unfortunately. He was a minus two. But against Edmonton and against Ottawa, I really like to see, uh, really like what I saw out of Kevin Fiala, the quickness, the scaling, the release on the shot. It's just, you know, we're seeing the Kevin Fiala we wanted, and we're basically seeing a better and better version of Kevin Fiala than we had the last two years when we traded for him, us being the Wild, and of course, uh, Paul Fenton for uh, Paul Fenton's move for, for uh, Mikhail Granlin, who's also having a good year with Nashville this time around. Good for him. 
at the very least. But, uh, well, we'll see what happens with what the Wild do. Continued conversation has been the Minnesota Wild should trade for Mark andre Fleury, the flower. Yes, that guy. The guy who will take you all the way to the Cup Finals and then stop playing. <laughs> It'd be cool to get to the Cup Finals, but then get destroyed by Florida or something. Uh, that, that'd be the one thing. That kind of is Flurry. I don't know. That's kind of Flurry. Uh, <laughs> he, he'll, go, he'll, he'll take you on a run, and then he'll just stop. Or he'll get to the Western Conference Finals and the same thing. That type of deal. I don't know. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his, and when he's at the top of his game, he's absolutely spectacular, but he certainly is a tier below the greatest of all time, like the Boise, Martin Brodeur, obviously Ken Dryden. You know, guys like that are in a, a league of their own. So it just is what it is. And uh, Grant Fuhr played in an era where games finished 7-4 to four frequently. So obviously his goals against average was awful because guys gave up millions of goals, and Edmonton scored millions more. So, yeah, there I go off topic again because that's how I roll. Anton Lind- Lind- Lundell, not Lindell, <laughs> Lundell, uh, multiple assists in the game. It's just a really well-oiled machine, and Andrew Burnett, congratulations, Andrew Burnett. I didn't even talk about him on the last show, and I showed up. Uh, obviously, he's doing a damn good job with a damn good team where, uh, obviously, Joel Quinville ended up losing his job because of uh, the past, kind of like what's been the case with a lot of people these days. This happened in the past, you're fired. This happened in the past, you're fired. This happened in the past, you're fired. It wasn't good what happened. It was not good, and he did nothing about it. So, unfortunately, things just come back to bite you in the ass sometimes when you try to cover things up. That's just reality. I guess moral of the story is don't cover things up, you know, and a lot of people fear that that was what was going on with Bill Guerin with the uh, the, the Pittsburgh uh, AAA club over there, which is where uh, our friend... Philip Lindbergh is playing now, so we'll see what happens. My favorite goalie in the system, still. No, no, I'm kidding. But an overall type of night where it's just the better team won. The better team won, and it's a bummer. You want to believe we're up there with the best of the best? Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Uh, are we a top five team? This kind of makes you feel like maybe. Is it because Talbot sucks? No, not necessarily. Has he been good lately? Not really. But the play in front of him hasn't been good either. And it doesn't help. Without, believe it or not, Matt Dumba, because Matt Dumba is not always necessarily known for his defensive prowess. He's known for his, uh, obviously, his, his energy, his, his creativeness, and his, and his dumb bomb, you know, his powerful shot. And Jordy Ben is, you know, he's a seventh defenseman at best. He, he He's at the bottom for me. Uh, Jordy Ben is the worst defenseman on the team by a wide margin, in my opinion. Uh, no offense. Some people really don't like Hula, uh, Kulikov. I keep wanting to say Hula. There is no H. Forgive me, forgive me, please. I know Isha Jerome of the Soda Pod, again, which we are collaborating with, with the multi-show uh, collaboration episodes. Thank you again, Soda Pod, uh, Isha Jerome, and Mr. Scott, also known as State of Hoppy. Love you guys very much. Uh, Scott lives in the Southern Metro, and Isha Jerome lives in <laughs> he lives in Vancouver Island, which is obviously a beautiful place. Not that I've been there, but I've heard everything good about it. And, of course, in this day and age, you could pull up a photo in a split second and be like, dang, that looks good. Um, but no, bottom line, Florida looked like the better team. They were the better team. And, I don't know, defensive lapses, mediocre goaltending, <laughs> getting your ass whooped in the in the face-off circle, except for Freddie Goudreau. Uh, gosh, nice, nice job. Nine, nine wins, three losses. But Julius, the next six and 14, stuff like that. Just getting, you know, puck possession, obviously. Florida is what they are. They are they are a type of team that could go all the way to the cup final. And Florida's an interesting place where you have, there's always the team that wins the championship and the teams that doesn't in Florida. The Miami Heat win, Orlando doesn't. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning win, <laughs> Florida Panthers don't. Uh, Miami Marlins win, 1-1 in the past, long ago. Florida Marlins, obviously. And then, you know, Tampa Bay Devil Rays don't, or the Tampa Bay Rays, who are, have been a much better franchise, even though they're cheaper, much cheaper. Uh, and then, of course, the other sport is the Maya. Uh, see, I already talked about the Heat. <laughs> the Heat and the Magic. The Panthers, the Lightning. Okay, and then football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, and Miami doesn't anymore. They did a long time ago. So, yeah, Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl sounds like the craziest thing. Let's get back where I need to be. Let's move on to the Edmonton game, which was much more fun. Kevin Fiala came out, came out to play, and so did other players. A 7-3 butt-kicking. Uh... 
of the Edmonton Oilers, of the Oilers, not at the hand of the Oilers. We we did the butt kicking in this one. Zuccarello, obviously, again, was hurt along the way. Uh, Brandon DeHaim, able to get another goal. He's been picking it up a little bit lately. Good for him. Uh, he's now at six goals in the season. Good for Brandon DeHaim. Been picking it up as he'd been virtually invisible. And there's a guy that's been very, very, very invisible, though he did get an assist versus Le Edmonton Oilers, but a lot of people got a pissed points in this game. He's still at 37, him being Ryan Hartman. But, of course, he's been really quiet of late, unfortunately, uh, generally speaking. I suppose the past few games he's got four points, but he has scored one goal in about nine or ten games here. It's been a long time. So he's got he's had one goal against Detroit, 7-4 victory on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to him and everyone else, I'm sure. Uh, January 21st, multi-goal game. For Ryan Hartman, he had the one goal. And I mean one goal <laughs> against Detroit ever since. Uh, so obviously it's been a month, one goal in a month for Ryan Hartman and four total points as he was able to, yeah, he didn't have a single multi-point game and it is what it is. As long as you get one point, that's great. He has had a point in multiple games though. And back to that game, so good for you, Ryan Hartman, for at least getting a point in the multiple games here versus Edmonton and the loss against the Ottawa Senators. Four to three loss in Ottawa. Good, give me a break. But obviously, there's talent on that team. They're just not there yet. They're just like Detroit, quite frankly. They're a lot like Detroit, where there's talented prospects on the team. Some of them are much further along than others. Like Dylan Larkin's been around for years now. Uh, and, of course, Brady Tachuk has been around enough as well to be the leader of that club and all that. But they're still getting going in a... Stuzzle. <laughs> I say it wrong all the time. I just say, I often just say it with the accent, Stutzel, Stutzel. I just think it sounds better because that's pretty much how they would say it over in Germany. So, um, Ryan Hartman again. It's been generally quiet, but at least he's had multiple points. Yeah, at least he's had a point in back-to-back games anyway. So, good for him. 7-3 to three victory for Minnesota. Matt Boldy, it's like two points and then no points. So, he's basically a point-of-game guy. So, keep it going, Matt. Keep it going. Evander Kane. Uh, acquired by Edmonton not too long ago, was able to score on the power play. It's one of those things where it's just going to, you know, it's it's like the stock market, certain stocks, like volatile stocks, where it goes way up or way down. You know, the Bollinger Bands, which is where the stock, the range of where the stock could go, are going whoop, where like way up, way down. You know, it looks really kind of funny. It looks like a, I don't know what, some kind of Star Trek thing <laughs> type of deal. Uh, wormhole or whatever the heck it would be, like where things are going way up and way down. And um, that's kind of how it is when you add a guy like Evander Kane to uh, superstars like McDavid and Drysdale, and a good player like Nugent Hopkins. But uh, and a team that's just been volatile and they just—they're all over the place. They're either winning seven three or losing seven three. I mean, that, that's kind of Edmonton. They're all over the place, and they're over—you know—they're paying too much to nurse nine million a year. I'm going to say that every single time I talk about the Oilers, that's too much. Jordy Ben, thank God, was scratching the game. And funny, we won, but so was Nico Sturm. That, that hurt my feelings, because I like Nico Sturm. Nick Bukestad returns, ends up getting two points in the game, and really happy for him. Really happy for Nick uh, Nick Bukestad, of course, again, had an upper body injury when Zuccarillo had a, basically, you know, frustration, a temper tantrum type of deal. <laughs> and Zuccarillo has been absolutely unreal. He's another guy that I think is way at the top for the Mike Madonna Award for this episode. He has been playing insane hockey, so it sucked not having him against Ottawa. Can't imagine that was helpful to anybody on the ice, particularly Kirill Kaprizov. At the end of the day, um, Kaprizov a single assist, but that's totally fine. Zuccarello's on pace for over 80 points on the season. He has just been unreal, like scorching career high. Boldy with a goal and an assist in the game. Very happy. And it was just a fun overall night and funny Capo Kakan into net. It's almost like they're more confident with him in, in net at this point, the Minnesota Wild, generally speaking. Uh, both goalies got pounded. Mike Smith gave up four goals on seven shots. Miko Koskinen, three goals and 15 shots. Neither goal was good in the game. Goalie was good in the game. Capo Kakinen faced 33 shots against a pretty damn lethal Edmonton offense. And I'm, I'm going to keep saying that because they, they are damn good, obviously. We, we know what they can do. It's amazing how the Minnesota Wild are able to keep uh, Drysdale and McDavid combined only one point, just an assist by Leon Loisitel, Mr. Mr. Pizzi himself, of course, according to the uh, the media there in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, but just a fun night, made us feel great. Kevin Fiala, multiple goals, three three total points. 
feels so nice seeing Kevin Fiala kick some butt, Matt Boldy kick some butt. I mean, you know, and it's like, and, and the Nick Bukestad returning, get two points. Uh, you know, Connor DeWer, who's had some really nice chances lately, has been putting the puck on net and some good plays. I mean, you, you there is some skill there, but he just wasn't getting rewarded the past few games. And then he was rewarded on this one, scoring once again for Connor DeWer, of course, again, who was such a valuable piece in Iowa. Only a second career goal in the National Hockey League, but Bukestad and DeWer working together on that one for the 5-1 lead for Minnesota. Just love it. Just absolutely love it. And, of course, you don't want to break up Boldy and Fiala, that whole line factoring on the sixth goal of the game. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> it just feels so good with these guys watching these guys play together, Fiala and Boldy. Boldy setting up Fiala for his 16th goal. Just a fun night. Fun, fun overall night for the Minnesota Wild. And, of course, on the power play, Drew Larkson, that Kirill Caprice up, Matt Zuccarillo. Oh, he's awesome as well. So let's move on to the Ottawa game where it just felt like, you know, Talbot, this is one of those kind of games where Cam Talbot has not been that good. And the game-winning goal was garbage. I mean, it's just putting the puck on net. Yes, it was, it was at an odd angle. It was a funny... The shot had a funny movement. I don't know. It just moved funny in the air, which is, you know, it's a great, good, good on you. <laughs> good on you, Talbot. But at the same time, my goodness, I mean, it was an awkward, uh, you know, it was an awkward release. But at the same time, you're hoping and praying. You're starting goaltender. You're starting goaltender. Your number one guy who's going to take you to the cup final and win it. He's going to make the stop on that type of play. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, and the Wild ended up losing the game on that shot. But the other three goals... Can you really blame Cam Talbot on those? And I'm not a Cam Talbot apologist. I'm a fan of his, particularly before he got here. Because it's like you just, you always look at what you don't have. And you want them here, especially when you have Devin Dubnik in that. And, you know, a very mediocre uh, Alex Stalock. God bless him, but mediocre. You know, he's limited. Unfortunately, Talbot's limited as well. And it's just, it's just a reality type of thing. Unless you're one of those blessed teams that has like one of the two or three best goalies in the league. You're going to look at all the other goalies and be like, huh, I wonder what it'd be like if he was here. You know, like, I used to look at, at Elliot that way. I used to look at, um, I can't remember now, uh, all, not Allman, but the other goalie in Buffalo who was with St. Louis. Really good. I'm blanking on him now. He had a really good run there. But you always look at the other guy and are like, man, I wonder what it'd be like. And then they come and you're like, oh, yeah, he's good, but, eh, you know, and that's kind of how it is because I love Talbot with Calgary. Absolutely love Talbot with Calgary in the one year he was there. And the fact that I'm, you know, I like the Flames. I like the Calgary Flames. I know a lot of you may not, especially for, for all the years with uh, Jerome McGinley. I, didn't, I, I never liked McGinley because he always killed us. But <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I've just always been a fan of the Calgary Flames going way back into the North Stars days. Way, way, way back. I always thought how cool it would be to see us face off with them in the conference final, which we did way back in 81. Uh, when I was two years old. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, John Merrill, again, got the nice turnover. Obviously a bad pass. Merrill was the recipient <laughs> of a bad pass behind the net from Chalbot. Like, thank you, John Merrill said. And he did his Larry Bird impression, driving to the net and scored for his fourth goal of the season. Good for him. Otherwise, Spurgeon with a nice release on the shot and Harbin getting his second point in back-to-back -back games. Good for him, at least. At least something's finally generating again. For Ann Harmon, again, fourth point in the in the last month, in the, literally the last month, calendar month, not not February, January, but 30 days type of deal. Um, and Fiala, another multi-point game. Five points in two games, Kevin Fiala, absolutely great. And again, no Zuccarillo, that did not help, obviously, because you look at the situation here, did Kirill Kaprizov score? No. How many shots on goal? Three. But uh, no problem, Fiala almost could have won the game for Minnesota. Eight shots on that. Absolutely lots of energy. This and that. Jill Arginek, much, much better in the face-off circle after getting destroyed by Florida a couple games earlier. 13-6 to there, but Hartman destroyed. 4-11. Four, four just it didn't work out for that top line. And uh, Felino was on the top line, and it's just not real natural. Uh, DeHame was on the uh, grease line, turned into the freak line, is what they call it, when DeHame is there. And I don't know. Just I, I don't know. Just not not a whole lot really happened. Nico Stern returned, and one of his shots on goal was an absolutely great chance, but he didn't have a great release on the shot. I mean, it should have been a goal. Uh, Talbot did stop a few breakaways that could have easily been goals by Ottawa, easily. So I mean, let's let's be fair here. 
obviously both Talbot goals were like, what the heck? <laughs> Jeez, especially the last one. But even the first one was like at a really tough angle. It's like, geez. So I thought Talbot was a little snake bit in this one. I definitely don't think it was his fault. So I agree with anybody defending Talbot in this game. I don't think it was his fault. I thought he had a good game. I mean, he was making stops on plays that could have been really bad news for Minnesota. Uh, the Stutzel goal, eh, you know, eh. It could have been stopped, but it wasn't, you know, that kind of thing. Eh, you know, that's kind of how I felt about that one at the end of the day. Um, so with that said, again, Marc-Andre Fleury, anyone? Are we in a rush to get Marc-Andre Fleury? It depends on the price, for one. And if it means giving up Kakinen and a draft pick, I'm not in a huge hurry for that. Talbot, I guess. I, I mean, if, if it's Talbot and a draft pick, that'd be nice. But odds are very strongly that Chicago... Like, what would be the point uh, uh, to get, just get Talbot on a draft pick? But I suppose a draft pick is nice. But I'm sure they would try to go for uh, Cabo Kakinen before they would make a move, uh, trading away Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, at the end of the day, though, Chicago is going nowhere, which is funny saying that, but they're going nowhere because uh, obviously it just it still feels like they're going to come back and be this deadly team again like they were. But it, it's been a number of years now. Chicago ain't what they used to be. Uh, Fleury is getting his ass handed to him there, which is extremely frustrating. So, that's how that goes. Of course, again, Claude Giroux is another possibility. We wouldn't, I mean, you just wish some of those wonderful defensemen in the grapevine were ready as well. Uh, Kalen Addison's obviously wonderful, but he's small, and obviously you need some, some grit in the back end. You want to believe Jordy Ben can bring that, but he's not good. He's easily the weakest defenseman on Minnesota, I believe. Uh, easily. Uh, he's not been good. You get the turnovers, the nasty plays, this and that. I don't And he's just... There's not a whole lot to really talk about with Jordy Ben, in my opinion. So, I... I, I don't know. Uh, it's like, you might have, want to make a play for a defenseman, a trade, but unfortunately, the guy, a guy like Shikrin's going to cost a fortune. So, it kind of is what it is at the end of the day. With that, too. With that said, the Mike Madonna Award will go to Kevin Fiala for this week. Obviously, again, wonderful, wonderful week for Kevin Fiala. Just continues to play well. It's too bad he didn't score against Florida, but that was just a night where everything sucked pretty much. Um, it was nice seeing the projected stats on Elite Prospects, but it just went away. It was there for like a day, and it was gone. It was like they're experimenting, and then it disappeared. So back to ESPN for that, 72 points. Is the projection for Kevin Fiala if he does end up playing all 82 games, which he is on pace for, which is great. Thank you, Kevin Fiala, for staying healthy, being an Ironman out there. Ironman, knock on wood. 29 goals now. He's on pace for that. Good for him. I believe, yep, Kirill Kaprizov still on pace to it for a 100-point season. Of course, again, it's not going to be the easiest thing to do, but he always has multi-points. Still on pace for 106, so good for him, despite no points versus the... Uh, Ottawa Senators again without Zuccarello, so luckily. Luckily, Zooks is supposed to come back versus Toronto. I actually previewed that game last week, but I'll re-preview it again, especially with the fact we're playing Calgary twice, so it's just one uh, one team to talk about in two different games at the end of the day there. With that said, uh, the James Hepburn Memorial, Jordy Ben for sure. I'm just, you know, he's, he's, not, yeah, he's not somebody you really want in the lineup very often, only when you absolutely have to, and if he's your top pair, it really sucks. It's a really tough situation. At the end of the day, Talbot, you could say, should get it for some of those weak goals given up. But generally speaking, I thought he wasn't that bad versus Ottawa, uh, except for the final goal. But, uh, well, sometimes it's a results league, eh? With that said, we'll take a quick break and preview the three games coming up. Sorry about that. That was kind of dumb, but that's how that goes. Previewed the Toronto game last week. I'm hoping and praying that uh, I won't be picking a loss this time around. <laughs> that type of thing. Minnesota was able to skate by in the shootout last time around, which was wonderful. Kevin Fiala with a nice release. 4-3 to victory for Minnesota over the Toronto Maple Leafs in Excel Energy Center. This time we're going to Toronto, 
in Scotia Bank Arena, not center, Scotia Bank Arena. Toronto, obviously, a very talented offensive team. Fourth in goals, Wilder still third in goals. Ninth in goals against Wilder, 12. So, despite the frustration with giving up goals, we're 12. We're not that bad. Assists, it doesn't matter that much. So, we're both in the top five. Wilder, the top shooting percentage in the league. Uh, Toronto has the best power play in the league, 30.4%. Absolutely great. The Wilder way down in the middle. And the penalty kill is actually slightly worse than the middle for Minnesota at 17th. Toronto is sixth. So, great special teams in Toronto at the moment, and they're very good at staying out of the penalty box, where the Wild are terrible. Uh, about a 160-minute difference between Minnesota and Toronto. Very interesting situation there. Obviously, an extremely talented club. Jack Campbell has emerged nicely. Former backup to Jonathan Quick in Los Angeles, California. Everybody kind of saw Jonathan Quick as, yeah, he's no solution for anything. He's just kind of a quick band-aid type of deal. Well, maybe sometimes those quick band-aid type deals end up being pretty good for a while, like Devin Dubnik, like uh, Dwayne Rolleston, you know, guys like that. They end up carving out a really nice career, so sometimes it works out. Uh, Devin Dubnik obviously flamed out. We all know about that, blah, blah, blah. I got sick of him at the end of the day at the same time. Uh, so... It is what it is. They've had all kinds of guys like Peter Mirzik, who's actually a pretty good backup, but he's given up a crappy goal that can average over three. Austin Matthews, a third, a four goals on the season. Superstar. He's their Kirill Kaprizov, no doubt about it. We all know that. And he's from the Southwest, which I think is really cool. I love it to hear anybody coming from Arizona to the National Hockey League. Toronto's not been playing so hot lately. They've lost three in a row. Will the Wild give them their fourth loss in a row? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. I, th I think they're going to rebound, which is a bummer for us, actually. I wish I wish it was kind of like a back-and-forth thing and Minnesota could get the win, which we still very well might because I think losing to Ottawa has got to wake somebody up. Like, you cannot lose to Ottawa. And I also think Zuccarello coming back in the lineup is going to make a huge freaking difference. I don't think there's any way the Wild sweep Calgary, though. I doubt it in the back-to-back -back type of deal. And it's not back-to-back -back games, but, you know, same team in back-to-back -back games anyway. Uh, with a day apart. Bottom line, Minnesota, uh, I, I am going to step out in faith that Minnesota has a nice bounce-back type of performance because obviously this is not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough, tough matchup, but I think the Wild somehow, some way, come out of this one with a victory. A, boy, ooh, 4-3, 5-4, 4-3 to type of game. Maybe it goes to OT or something. I think the Wild emerge victorious. Kirill Kaprizov will be the most likely guy to score in the game. Might have a multi-point game. In fact, don't be surprised if that's what he does. Especially if they're not scoring anything. I think him and Zuccarillo have a nice bounce-back type of performance. Being back together again, together again. Kaprizov a goal assist type of situation. Minnesota wins 4-3 to over the Toronto Maple Leafs, thankfully. And then we get to play against the red-hot, flaming-hot Calgary Flames, who are number one in the league in goals against. How about that? Obviously, Markstrom doing a great job. This one will be in Calgary, Alberta to wrap up the month of February because uh, we don't play another game in February on the 26th Saturday, a couple of days off. So good for us, I suppose. Calgary with the retro look. Absolutely love that white C or the red C, depending on which jersey they're wearing. Oh, I just love, love Calgary's uniforms. I love that they're wearing those retros. I hope they're wearing them for the rest of eternity. Some some things just don't need to change, like Blackhawks jerseys. Canadians jerseys, Canadians jerseys, Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, of course, they've had different uh, incarnations over the years, especially Toronto. It's changed you know, many times, but generally speaking, it's kind of the same idea. Um, Calgary, I think it's just one of those kind of jerseys. It doesn't get boring. And if it does, I don't know what's wrong with you. Are you crazy? You don't like the Flames jerseys? Come on. 11th in goals. Uh, Johnny Goudreau's having a great season. First in goals against... Uh, we finally get to play the Calgary Flames again. Uh, Saturday, 26th. Tuesday, March 1st, so the Wild actually have a few days off in between. Good for us. Calgary's just been winning every single freaking game. And it's just frightening when you look at the scores with what Calgary has been thrashing everybody. And then Thursday the 28th in Exxon Energy Center. So we have the home ice advantage in this three-game ditty with the Calgary Flames. Man, third in the league with the penalty kill. So they're just managing the puck. They're taking care of things. And obviously Jacob Markstrom's an unbelievably good goalie. Uh, good for him. Uh, injury situation. I didn't even look at Toronto. I got to go back really briefly to see what's going on there. I'll come right back. I deeply apologize for my lack of attention uh, Attention there. Jake Muzzin with a head left game on the 21st of February. That's not good. So a possible concussion there. 
I'm getting the screen avoid, but actually it just scrolls down into a nothing zone. I don't know what the point of that is. Calgary Tyler Parsons ankle is a okay. That's weird. Let's move on. <laughs> I guess they're healthy. Good for them. And well, they must be. Eight shutouts on the season for Jake Markstrom. Eight, eight shutouts on the season. Some goalies don't get eight shutouts in their career. Jimmy Christmas, Jake. Jakey, what's going on here? 93% save percentage, just, just below it anyway. 2.06 goals against average. Calgary, you know, they had the Tolbots. They had the Mike Smiths. <laughs> They've had all kinds of, uh, was it Jake? I think they had Jake Elliott for a year, if I remember correctly. They had uh, Chad Johnson. They've had all kinds of goalies we've heard of before that have kind of been all over the place. And now they get Jacob Markstrom, who was who was he was decent in Vancouver. I always thought he was a tiny bit overrated. With like, like really, he's worth that much? He's that good? He goes to Calgary, and my goodness, it's like the perfect match. It's like it's unbelievable how great Jacob Markstrom has been in Calgary. And Johnny Goudreau, by the way, oh, 64 points, 20, 20 goals, 44 assists, having a slightly better season than somebody that uh, was. Uh, they they cut Johnny Goudreau in my fantasy league for some other guy on Seattle. Yeah, I'll just call him some other guy at this point. I mean, what, what was he thinking? What was he thinking? Goudreau's like, you know, in the top 20 at very least in all of fantasy hockey. Maggiapani has emerged incredibly well. One of those nice picks that that works out. 25 goals in the season, only 9 assists. So he's doing a little uh, Jason Zucker action there. Elias Lindholm, 49 points on the season. Back to kicking ass like he was a couple of years ago when Calgary was in first place. And Matthew Tachuk looking more and more like the star he's supposed to be. 24 goals, 32 assists for 56 points. He's a plus 34 in the season. Goudreau, Johnny Hockey, 40, uh, plus 41. Elias Lindholm, plus 49. It's a it's a really nice team that's playing really well. Has a great coach, obviously. And Daryl Stoder. He's a strange he's a strange guy, but he's he's great. Uh, Sean Monahan's dropped off the base of the guard, so that's kind of weird. Sean Monahan was often way up there with the 49, 50 point type seasons. All the way down to only 22, and he's a minus 12. So I don't know what's going on with old Sean Monahan. So things might not be working all great with him and uh, Daryl Sutter. Surprised he didn't get traded away, honestly. But then again, uh, maybe maybe that's not the right thing to do because if Monahan picks it up, that's even better. Uh, Monahan often led this club in scoring in the past. Dylan Dubay obviously is a valuable piece as well. I always hear about him on the uh, fireside chat. Oh Calgary, woo wee! Calgary can play. Calgary can play now. And starting out the year, it was like, oh boy. Uh, they started out okay, then they dropped off the face of the earth. And then they come back from all this, uh, you know, like every freaking, it's like up, oh, canceled, postponed, 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 postponed. Like Calgary was postponed beyond belief with the COVID, with the COVID breakout and then all the Canadian restrictions and all that right afterward. Uh, you know, they had their own personal COVID breakout, the team did. And then it's like, Six to two, five to two, seven to one. Boom, 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 boom. They're just blowing the crap. They're just blowing the doors off everybody right now. Wow. Unfortunately, it's February. So <laughs> if they play anything like this in the month of May, your Stanley Cup champion Calgary Flames are going to hoist their second cup in 30, whatever, 33 years, <laughs> if that happens. The 89 champs, of course, of the Joel Ottos, the Theo Fleury's, and, of course, Al McGinnis. Guys like that, Mike Vernon, yeah, 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 I know. I'm babbling. Um, what a great team, though. What a great team that was. They just they just burned through the league, literally. They fried the whole league that season. Tyler Pitlick hasn't done anything, unfortunately. Brother of Ram, older brother, only two points. He was acquired by Calgary at the beginning of the season in two points. And he's been like a scratch, scratch, scratch. Two points in 25 games. Yowzer, man. Okay, let's get to it. 5-2 to two win versus the Isles. In Calgary, of course, Saddle Dome. 6-2, Demolition versus Columbus. 6-2, they burned the Ducks. They they roasted the Ducks. Yes, they did. Back-to-back games, by the way. 12 goals in two days. Two days. 12-4, Columbus and Anaheim. They're not, yeah, they're not Tampa Bay. They're not Florida Panthers. But 6-2 is 6-2. Uh, they beat Seattle 2-1 in a close game, but they still beat them. And they beat the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 on the 21st. They played Vancouver and Minnesota up and coming. Minnesota again twice, like I said. Impressive team. Can the Wild win one game versus these guys? Can we? Can we? Or are we about to get swept? Are we? Are we in a? Are we on the verge of a of a four game losing streak here? Losing to Toronto and then twice to Calgary. I sure the heck hope not. Praying to God, praying to God in heaven that the Wild win one of these. They will not win in Calgary. They will not win in the Saddle Dome, Minnesota. It is going to be five to two. <laughs> 
it's going to be a five to two loss. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it with with happiness. I'm saying it with I know I'm saying it with what I'm seeing here. Calgary is kicking everybody's butt right now. They're the best team in the league right now. Period. They are the best team in the league, not with the win loss record, but with how well they're playing. And frankly, if the Wild aren't destined to win a Stanley Cup, I'd be happy to see Calgary do it. I'd be happy to see Florida do it. I, I hope it's Minnesota, though. 10 out of 10 times they want Minnesota. 10 out of 10 versus Calgary or Florida or whoever. But if you know if it's not Minnesota, I wouldn't mind seeing one of those two teams do it just for the sake of it's... For Calgary, it'd be freaking cool to see a Canadian team win the Cup again. It's only been 29 years. Uh, otherwise, Florida, you know, hey, <laughs> what a nice team. And Andrew Burnett getting ho- hoisting a cup. Can you imagine that? Um, but a 5-2 or two loss, most likely got a score will be Kevin Fiala versus the Calgary Flames in the Saddle Dome. And, of course, then we head to Exxon Energy Center, same matchup, blah bitty blah on March the 1st. Welcome to March, mateys. We'll, we're going to actually win that game. We're going to beat the Calgary Flames 4-2. to two. And somebody by the name of Marcus Foligno is going to have something to say about it. He's going to get physical. He's going to get interesting. And he's going to have a multi-point game. And the Wild win 4-2 to two versus the Calgary Flames with Capo Kakinen in net, in my opinion. That's just my guess. The Wild will win with Capo Kakinen in net on March the 1st. And a 4-2 to victory for the Minnesota Wild. Maybe it'll be a reverse where Kakinen will be on the road. I don't know. Uh, he's actually had a great record on the road historically. But I do believe Minnesota wins the game. 4-2 to two versus Calgary at the end of the day. So Minnesota somehow, someway comes out at the 2-1 and one week. I'm probably way over-optimistic. I'll knock on wood, this and that, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully we stay healthy as well. Let's get to those, uh, let's get to the prospects as soon as possible. And as per usual, you open things up with Iowa. They're kind of back to being meh again. Another 4-2 to loss recently. Unfortunately, they're just, eh, it is what it is. Marco Rossi, you know, they lost, they only had four, two, they only had two points the other night, two goals, pardon me. Mason Shaw was able to score his 13th goal of the season, so good for him. Beckman's now at 24 points. Mitchell Sheffy, who was a good college player, uh, obviously, and he was a free agent acquisition recently into last season with Minnesota, or into Iowa anyway, 2021, had 17 points last year in only 28 games. This year's at 20 now. He's really picked it up. He was with UMass Amherst. He won the national championship with... Uh, our our good friend Philly Lindbergh. Oh no, nope. That was the year before. I apologize. 2021 was when Lindbergh won, but uh, he was with Lindbergh at least for a little while. Unfortunately, so nope. Lindbergh won it in 21. I'm just crazy here. Uh, I kept thinking he won it with them, but no. He was a little bit older, one year older. Dang it. Uh, he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, of course. He's emerged nicely. He's one of those college free agents that was like he's a good college player. Wasn't drafted. And, well, he's, he's been all right with Iowa. Almost a point a game. And he's had a hat trick this season. Him being Mitchell Chafee, anyway. Sweeney and, and Hicketts, they'll get a point here and there. though. After, but their red-hot start has vanished off the face of the earth. They've been like a point in the last... They've had a point or two in the last month or so. Kind of like Ryan Hartman. It's been a bummer after a freaking awesome start to the season. Dakota Mermis has been up and down with the taxi squad daily. But uh, he's mustered 15 points for Iowa at age 27, unfortunately, uh, for him. Marco Rossi still leading the club in scoring. He's ahead of Shaw by six points. Still, uh, again, he must he got his 25th assist the other night, and there you go. It's cool, though, when the youngest player on the team is the best player and the leading scorer. That's a good sign for that guy, at the very least. Damian Giroux now at six points on the season, so he's he's been trickling but still, six points in 36 games for a guy that was one of the best players the last two years in Iowa. Kind of breaks your heart. It's disappointing. Come on, Damien. Especially last year, anyway. So, very disappointed for him. At the end of the day, Hunter Jones got his butt kicked the other night as well, giving up four goals. He went from a goals against average under three to now 3.41. He's 2-4 and four on the season, and his save percentage is 89. Come on, Hunter. Let's go. Let's go, Hunter. Sink or swim, buddy. Zane McIntyre's been really nice, but again, he's one of those veteran minor leaguers who's had his moments, and Andrew Hammond is a Montreal Canadian. He actually had a good game. He won. Montreal Canadiens only gave up Canadiens, pardon me, 1.85 goals against average in one game, though, 94% save percentage. He stopped 30 shots. Good job, Andrew Hammond. How about that? How about that, Andrew? Good job. Um... <laughs> that's really cool. I'm 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 happy for him. Looks like he had split some time in a previous game as well. Because 65 minutes, that doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, P. Heck must have came in late in another game when they when they were losing. Because that's what Montreal does, unfortunately. 
Bryce Misley still stuck at three points. Hovenoff still stuck at three points. <laughs> 14 points for our games for Misley. 12 for Hovenoff. I better keep moving for the sake of time. And to not bore you guys to death, I hope. Pray to God for that. Oh, no, I missed it. No, that's okay. <laughs> kind of did something that I didn't necessarily want to do, but that's all right. Uh, Sam Hedges, of course, with the St. Cloud State Huskies now at 14 points in 13 games. Still at 14 points, but 13 games now. Unfortunately, wasn't able to score this past weekend. Jack McBain still at his position with uh, 24 points in 18 games, of course, was in the Olympics. And unfortunately, it did not go well for the U.S., which was really disappointing. But, I mean, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Nikita Nestorenko, Boston College, 21 points in 31 games. He's definitely quieted things down. Definitely at a slower pace than last year. It's too bad. So, obviously, better freshman year than a squash more year. Sophomore year, pardon me. Marshall Warren, now five goals on the season and 12 assists. 17 total points. On a not-as-good Boston College team, of course, the numbers have dropped off. Let's just get moving. We all know about these guys and that guy. Vladimir Firstoff still, you know, he's, he had a multi-point game a couple of weeks back, but stuck at 19 at the moment, 9 and 10 in terms of goals and assists. Pavel Novak, we all love what he can do. He's been absolutely wonderful. He's, a, he's just having a great season, 54 points in 42 games, 22 of them goals yeah, for the Kelowna Rockets. Damon Hunt, Damon the Hunter, the Hunter and the Hunter, now 14 goals on the season, 14 goals of that strong shot, uh, I could just see him being so valuable with Minnesota someday, as long as he doesn't get traded away, because, well, I mean, we could use, we could use one of these guys right now, we could use Damon Hunt right now, but he's 19 years old, uh, I don't know how he would fare in the NHL right now, he'd be pretty raw, I'm thinking, but who knows, he's, he just, you just look at the guy, he looks like a tough son of a gun. Uh, 27 points in 37 games. Again, 14 of them were goals. Ryan O'Rourke loved what he did with Iowa last year. Uh, kind of not much going on this at this moment in the OHL. Still hasn't played a game in the last week. Unfortunately, 34 games, 29 total points for Ryan O'Rourke. But obviously, again, putting up the numbers in the AHL. Same situation for oh, Marek Kuznetinov. Oof, I almost really messed things up there. Benoit still at six points, though. Now 39 games. <laughs> ah, Pilar, nothing going on there either. What the heck? Come on, guys. Play. Play the games, right? Kyle Masters, 11 points. Now a career high, but it took 49 games to get there versus only 20 last year. Ah, da, 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 da. Damn it. Come on, man. Score some points. <laughs> so a lot of these guys really quieted down. Like everybody. Come on. Everybody. Everybody except Rossi, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's really kind of a bummer. And Pavel Novak, obviously, has been having a great season. Ben Gear, 39 points. 15 of those are goals in 50, 50 games. Jack Pert, he's he's the positive in the college group right now. 16 points. Now he added his 14th assist on the season. Continuing to be a valuable piece for the St. Cloud State Huskies at only 18 years of age. Love what he does. Grand Rapids, Minnesota, not Michigan. Kind of funny. Carson Lambos, 27 points now. He's been picking it up in 27 games. Carson Lambos back in action again. Very, very, very happy to see him going uh, for a possible top-pairing defenseman in the Minnesota Wilds future. If he's not traded, there I said it again, Six foot one, 191, where David Hunt's slightly larger, but the same height, about five pounds heavier, at least according to what we're seeing here. Uh, for the, This one's the Winnipeg, Manitoba native, of course, Carson Lambos. Eight of them goals, again, with a nice shot. And he's a plus 28 on the season. That's nothing to uh, nothing to laugh at. Wallstead had a bad game. Generally speaking, it's like, oh, my God, Wallstead had a bad game. So his goals against average is now over two when it was, like, in the 180s. So that's what happens when you have a rough night, unfortunately. <laughs> 11 and 10 on the season, 2.08 goals against average. Save percentage of 91.5 in 21 games for the Swedish Hockey League. For the future, uh, for the future, Jacob Markstrom of the Minnesota Wild. I, at least I sure hope so. The next Jacob Markstrom for Minnesota, anyway, where hopefully he will be getting his eight shutouts, <clears throat> like Markstrom is doing <clears throat> for the Calgary Flames. What a nice, awesome run by him. No question about that. What he's been able to accomplish, and man, eight shutouts. That just blows my mind. Obviously, also from Sweden. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a similar result. He was a 31st pick in, where was Markstrom taken? Second round, so real early in the second round by the Florida Panthers years ago in 2008, and he played there. Mediocre numbers, 
wound up in Vancouver. Decent, you know, was mediocre at the beginning and kept getting a little better. A little bit better. Gets to Calgary and, you know, he's a stud now. Uh, good for him. And, of course, good coaching in front of him. Uh, good coaching and good play in front of him as well. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Brave the Wild Fan Interaction. Sorry for that jump. And, and all. <laughs> I apologize. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is where you want to get in touch with me for fan interaction. You could on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash uh, Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. It's kind of a weird one where this one is just ha- uh, at Brave the Wild. And if you want to do a question, comment, whatever, if you get interacting with the show, hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. Put that in your post, as that just keeps things organized, and I really appreciate Derek Velska for uh, putting out the bat signal, as we call it, getting the uh, getting uh, a lot of your attention to jump on board the show and conversate. This it just makes the show fun having a real fan interaction segment. In the past, it was so sparse and everything, and then and then Derek has uh, really helped this show in a big way, getting more interaction. It's just you know it's 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 fun. I mean, talking hockey, discussing and questions back and forth. It it's entertaining and fun. Derek threw out one early, which is totally, totally fine, by the way. Anybody that does this, totally fine. You don't have to necessarily wait for the bat signal to throw out a question. It's just, the, you know, the bat signal gets things going. But as long as, obviously, I can tell, thanks to the, the the latest column, that it's in between the shows. That's all that I care about in that sense. So if you want to ask early, it's okay. Like when Derek asked early here, totally fine. He says, uh, again, and Derek does crease and assist. Crease and assist, which he's been doing for almost 20 years now, about 17 years Writing about the Minnesota Wild. Check it out. At Crease and Assist. At Creek and Crease and Assist Creek. Dawson's Creek? No, Bassett's Creek. It's just down the street here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Uh, Derek says, should the Arizona Coyotes consider moving to one of these Canadian cities in, instead since apparently they're quite eager to move into a 5,000-seat arena at Arizona State? Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty nuts. Brampton, Ontario? Hmm. So they're showing all the different uh, cities that are ready for an NHL franchise. That'd be interesting. <clears throat> I'm going to try to forward through this again when I start listing. Oh, 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 oh. Take a positive spin here. Positive spin here. Yeah, I was showing them. Because I'd like to move it forward here. Because I'd like to see the list. Where's the list? Damn it. Hamilton, Ontario, Saskatoon, Halifax, London, Laval, Victoria, Moncton, da, 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 Windsor, Kelowna, Red Deer, Oshawa, St. John, Regina. Hmm. Hmm. Medicine Hat. I love that name. I love it. Bram Cam Looms. Man, that's a lot of cities. It wouldn't kill anybody. I, I would love to see Canada get a team again. I mean, Quebec City, of course. That's what's been talked about forever. Bring back the Quebec Nordique, so to speak. Uh, Laval. That's that's also Quebec. Maybe they could be in Laval, and then it could be the Quebec Nordiques again. So that would probably be my choice. Laval, Quebec. Uh, just because. Just because really good players have come from there. I also, <laughs> I was, I've been playing Secret of uh, Evermore. I always put Minnesota Wild players. It's the boy and the dog, so to speak. Matthew Boldy and Marco Rossi. This was my choices this year. In past, it was a Kevin Fiala, Kirilka Brisov. I used to have Parisian Suter. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know. But yeah, I put them on there. <laughs> and I, I accidentally died in the game because I wasn't paying attention. It said, sadly, Matthew Boldy and Marco Rossi never came back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a little response here. Uh, Patriot Pedro says, don't say like that. And yeah, I agree. That would suck. <laughs> Never came back. <laughs> Derek Pelska sharing Steve Snyder here. Thank you, Steve. Steve and Derek, of course, here. Uh, Steve says, does Hartman's play put more pressure on Garen to make a move? Yeah, that's a good question. For a center, or is Hartman just in a rut? Perhaps he overachieves so far this season and is now setting back into being average. I've loved Hartman's game up until now and hope he's just in a rut. I hope so as well. I would not be surprised if Damian Giroux is definitely on a list, but uh, it sounds like there's a strong chance he's going to Colorado, which would really suck. But, I mean, more that's almost more reason to make the move, isn't it? Last thing you want is Colorado to get Damian Giroux. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they've made acquisitions before that didn't bring them a Stanley Cup. And then there was one that did, of course, uh, you know, and that was Ray, Ray Bork at age 40. That was a but that was Ray Park. That's a legend. 
Giroux's like a legend in Philadelphia, kind of, sorry, but Bork is a legend of the NHL. Derek says, is the Minnesota Wild puzzling play causing you to have some questions about this team? Ask Brave the Wild, just tag your questions. Hashtag BTWMN and ask as many as you want. And yes, please do ask as many as you want. Um, but again, to answer the question, I would, yeah, I mean, I, I think they, they making a standard is definitely on the list. I don't think they're going to go for Marc-Andre Fleury, even though that conversation is floating around out there. I'd be very surprised if the Wild got him, honestly. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have been in the offseason. Excuse me. Uh, conversation is that Marc-Andre Fleury could be headed back to <clears throat> Las Vegas. What do you think of that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Pittsburgh Penguins, state of hoppy. Yep, that's, that's Scott's other club. Derek says, there are levels in video games that can really frustrate you. What level do you think the Minnesota Wild are stuck in right now? For me, it would be any part of Ghosts and Goblins right now. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that game is so hard, yes. Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, my. <laughs> I want to get some sound by here going. <laughs> I, I better have it on here. I think I did. Yes, I do. Uh, I want to go to this one. Nope, not that one. Not that one. That one. It's too loud. That's when things are really rough. The last two levels. Impossible. You get this far in this game, you're a video gaming legend. You're, you're, you're Pat, yeah, I don't even know. You're Gretzky. Like, you're literally Gretzky to a new level. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that would be the that would be game seven, game six of the cup final against, you know, Florida or something. But uh, obviously right now, yeah, I mean, it could be any parts of Ghosts and Goblins because it's like that where it just gets stupidly hard and things are just not working out. Brian, let me think of like, uh, how about level seven? All of level seven in Mario 1. That's really tough. And of course, the final dungeon level seven four where you don't know where the heck you're going forever without a player's guide and it kind of feels that way with a wild at times so i'll go with level seven four super mario brothers where you can get freaking lost uh, eight four is a maze but it's but it's beatable eight <laughs> eight or excuse me seven four it's level seven is harder than eight i think in mario it is partially because people don't play it as much where eight it's the final level and you practice it like crazy okay yes and that game is from way back in the good old days Obviously, as is Ghosts and Goblins. Ghosts and Goblins is 86. Super Mario is 85. Eric Felska says, The Iowa Wild have, yes, they have. I've also been struggling through a slump, kind of like the Minnesota Wild. What sort of cloud is hanging over this organization? Is it the uncertainty uh, the trade deadline brings, or is it something else? I don't know. It's like it's almost like things kind of coming back to the, the average. How do they say that word? Uh... Damn it, I, I, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like things kind of coming back to the middle again. Where Iowa looked so spectacular at the start of the season, and now they, they can't score. Worth crap. Uh, whereas, like, the Heartlanders, were, it was like everything was bad in the Iowa Heartlanders. The other Iowa team, there was, like, nothing good about that team, and poor uh, Hunter Jones was struggling. I wouldn't be surprised if there's trade, trade. Like, you guys are nervous about trades, but I suppose that could be everybody throughout the league, every uh, AHL team, that kind of thing. I'm honestly not sure if it, it's just, you know, and you can't cry fatigue yet. We're certainly not that far into this, you know, busy stretch. I mean, I mean, we just started. We're, Iowa, and I think this can go for any team, though, the uncertainty of call-up, call-up, call and up and down, up and down. I mean, AHL must be just stressful beyond belief for teams because um, guys are up and down. And I do think Matthew Boldy not being there anymore doesn't help, obviously, because he was dominating in the AHL. When he was healthy, uh, Matt Boldy. So it's stuff like that, I suppose. Um, and certain players like Damien Giroux just not not having a good season, period. It's stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and then Swain and Hicketts had their red-hot start, and they aren't doing jack anymore. So it's one thing leads to another in that sense, where there's just no freaking offense in Iowa. Minnesota, it's, it's I don't know if we're getting kind of, we were getting a little too happy with ourselves at times, thinking, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll come back and we'll win. We'll get the extra extra skater and we'll kick some ass. And then it just hasn't been working out. That's kind of what I can think of right now. Uh, Derek says, TNC's Anson Carter drew a lot of ire for Minnesota Wild fans for his comments about the team lacking depth. Yet the Wild found a way to look like pure crap, but we're only missing number 36 and number 34 against Zuccarello and Dumba, of course. Is that criticism? Does that, is that criticism? Is it more warranted right now? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, let's see if the oh yeah, and this is the guy that uh, this is the guy that got on somebody's nerve a little bit. I'll just leave it at that. 
I'll read it. I hope I don't, or I hope I don't annoy Derek right now. <laughs> uh, Into the Wild says, not at all. This wasn't a depth loss. This was a team that just didn't show up, that just, just didn't show up loss. Overturned pucks like crazy, bad angled shots, no hustle, let Ottawa in the dangerous zones, etc. Derek says, shrugs, is that a sign of lack of depth? What, I mean, were players, were players struggle to adapt to changes in the lineup? Well, there were changes. There were. See, I mean, <laughs> you know, guy, you know, certain guys like Zuccarello not being there. It's like, uh oh, Kaprizov, no points. Funny, you know. So that's the one thing. Sometimes you need that other guy. That actually is kind of scary when you think about that. As I try not to cough to that. So good point, Derek. Let's see how he. Uh, if this was isolated to tonight's average against Ottawa, I wouldn't be asking the question, which wasn't directed at you, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not a sign of like a depth. Wild went 9 0 1 or about that when they had almost a regular season. Tumble was out of his game. And they won. Sooks isn't all their depth. Yep, it said it's a trend that's developing. Tonight's ever was similar. Where we saw against the Chats, bad penalties, lack of focus. Yep, I mean, okay. Yeah, it's an interesting back and forth there. Um, interesting, interesting back and forth. And of course, it's like uh, we all kind of make our own decisions on that. But. We're not that deep. Obviously, we're not that deep if, if, if uh, Freddie Goudreau is like one of your main players. So that's kind of my way to look at it. And, <laughs> yeah, like Dumba being out, the defense, I, I don't think we are that deep, no. We're, we're deep in certain areas. And we're fortunate to have a nice grapevine, but a lot of those guys aren't ready yet. So, yeah, that's kind of where I lean on that one. Yep. Derek says, do any college free agents interest you, especially some players that could add some speed and scoring? At the moment, I'm going to cry ignorant on that one. Just, you know, like obviously lack of preparation, and unfortunately on this one. So I'll cry ignorant right now. Yeah, I, I have, personally haven't been hearing much. Other years you hear about certain guys floating around out there. So I apologize about that one. Uh, I'll have to get back to that. Maybe next week if I can, yep, yeah, I need to start digging a little more. Brian Herrera says, since since we didn't ask last week, how was your Valentine's Day? And do you think we should pursue Flurry like some in town think? I personally think he's not on his game this year, and we chased him out of the net twice this year. So I wouldn't think we should go over him. I agree. Uh, I'm not in on Flurry. Um, no. Um, I think they'd want a lot. And... I don't know. I think there's only one place for Flurry right now, and that's Vegas. And I do think there's a strong chance that's where he's going to go. Uh, as for Valentine's Day, it was okay. It, it worked out fine. I'm not a big romantic. I'm going to admit you probably can tell by my personality. I'm more of just I'm just a I'm just kind of a chill sports kind of guy. I don't party at all. Or I, I really don't. I never really was somebody that would party. And of course, Valentine's isn't about partying. It's about romance. So it's kind of I'm just kind of a chill, shy, shy, chill kind of guy. At the end of the day. Without, without being overly shy. I'm not going to, like, just stare at you or look away from you when you say hello to me. Uh, I'm not going to be weird uh, if you were to come up and say hello. Maybe I'll be a teeny bit awkward at the beginning, <laughs> but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, Valentine's, you know, yeah, it, it's fine. And sometimes I think it's one of those Hallmark holidays as well. And another excuse for people to say, buy me this, buy me that. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's that side, too. Jay Bushy jumps in and says... Oh, and, and I was, as for the band, I remember, yep, Brian last week. I feel so bad about that. I don't know why I thought you meant actual real band members. No, you meant players. So I'm, I'm going to backtrack to that real quick, even though I'm late here. I better keep moving because I actually have to go to work early a little bit today. Um, I can see Marcus Foligno on a guitar. Yeah, I'm like a, uh, like a, yeah I, I can see Marcus Foligno on the guitar. Uh, Dumba would be like a lead singer. I don't know why. I must be crazy, but yeah, Dumba lead singer, drums would be, would be, would be, would be. <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov looks like a drummer. Maybe I'm maybe I'm completely crazy. Uh, Fiala would be on another guitar. I think um, Felino would be on bass. Felino would be on bass. Fiala would be on acoustic, um, acoustic or lead, whichever lead guitar, uh, lead singer Dumba, drums. I don't know why. I, I, I see Kaprizov is on the drums. And then on the piano, Matt Zuccarello. Yep. <laughs> on the piano. On the keyboard. Not the piano. Keyboard. Matt Zuccarello. <laughs> Jay Bushy says, they're missing Dumba, but they're 
but their in general play has has, errat- has been erratic and loose. Not much time for practice, so I think it's time for the leadership group to step up. Your thoughts? Yes, big time, uh, big time. That, that's a good that's a good thing to say right there. Uh, there's just been lack of focus, and I do think they will bounce back versus Toronto and actually win one of the two versus Calgary. So I do think it's going to definitely head that direction. Yes, uh, thank you, Jay. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> They do need, it's definitely a lack of focus lately, and I'm not sure what the heck, why. Uh, Jay Bushy says, yep, second question. Cool, Jay, thank you. He says, is there enough concern about Talbot's game, or you would consider kicking the tires and flurry your thoughts? I would have, I was for a minute, and then it's like you kind of analyze things together, this and that, and yes, I'm concerned about Talbot. Yes, I am. I, I just don't know. I just don't know how much it would cost, and... I'm afraid that we'd end up actually losing Kakin in, in the trade, not Talbot, if we were to actually make a trade. <clears throat> so then it's kind of like, ugh, you're kind of tough then. You're kind of like, you have two old guys in net, and after that you'd have Hunter Jones and uh, pray to God that Jesper Wallstead's here in like two years or less, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I'm not in a rush for Flurry at the end of the day. Um, but of, of course there is the offseason. You can sign another Talbot-like goalie, I suppose. That's always a possibility. So yeah, something about Flurry bugs me late, lately. Uh, Steve Snyder wraps up the section, says, do we have the ability to stay healthy for a playoff run? We're a bit small on the back end. Yes, yep, and have fought uh, fought injuries a lot this year. Do we have the depth, LOL, to sustain some playoff injuries? Uh, that's a good question. Or as Kirk Cousins, I appreciate the question. And then he wouldn't, you know, and then he's like, doesn't want to answer it. <laughs> that's what Kirk Cousins says. No, I'm not going to do that to you, Steve. Uh, that's a, It is a good question. Uh, that's a good question to raise. Do we actually have the depth? You know, because right now it makes you wonder. Uh, certain other certain other guys on Twitter would say, of course we have the depth. Defense at defense, I don't think we do. I, I think we're seeing I think we're seeing issues there on the back end, as you said. And again, lack of size. Where Keelan Addison's got a ton of skill and I can't wait to see him continue to get better and better, and I do think he's ready for the NHL now. His lack of size doesn't help. I think the Minnesota Wild should make a trade for Carson for a Carson Soucy type. Uh, get Carson Soucy back, possibly. I don't think Seattle's going to ask for, like, the moon for Carson Soucy. Soucy can move the puck, and he's a big, 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 big guy, and he played so well here. Carson Soucy, I think, it should be a target for Minnesota in the, in the trade deadline, as long as his cap uh, fits okay with the team. I like Carson Soucy a lot. He wasn't that expensive. He wasn't that cheap either. What is he, like almost $3 million a year? So there's that to worry about. But um, if it's doable, Carson Soucy is the name that I'm looking at because obviously you're not going to give up the farm for Carson, but you have to give up something like draft pick, you know, like a mid-round pick or something, fourth, fifth-round pick. Because Carson Soucy, he, he's not part of the future in Seattle. He's part of the, the present. He's just kind of there. And I, I think he'd be a much more valuable piece of Minnesota, at the very least, on the on the, on the third pairing. So, thank you, Steve. Very good, very good question. Again, Jay also as well. Uh, Brian, thank you so much, Derek. Um, I swear I saw KFAN girl, but maybe not. Maybe it wasn't this week. Maybe that was last week. Bummer. Um, so, there was a little bit, and then it just kind of stopped. But those of, you that, those of you that have been consistent, thank you, Jay, Steve, Brian, Derek. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You guys are anchors for this show. Thank you so much. Um, with that said, quick shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, of course. Minnesota Wild Global. Scott Cavendish is the founder of the page. Thank you, Scott, for getting that thing going. Uh, a couple of years now. Uh, Chance Caustic, David Caustic, of course, related with my brother. Again, his, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Clover's my brother's wife, and, you know, obviously it's Chance's sister, David's uh, daughter, of course. Um, Dave Kostick, uh, Kathy Maine, da- David Abraham, Chad Walski, Michael Fick, so many cool people on that page. Thank you so much. Uh, of course, again, Pablo Bennett, Mar- uh, Pablo Bennett, Justin Bucky, Brandon Quas. Thank you guys so much. Uh, MNW Prospects, also known as Young Guns. Nice, cool logo. And again, Pablo Bennett, responsible for creating such an awesome logo for Brave the Wild. Thank you again, Pablo Bennett, out of Chechia. God bless you, man. And I'm saying that with full sincerity. Justin Bakke, 
Brandon Quast also keeping up with the Minnesota Wild prospects, the young guns, and I'm proud to be a part of that. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to write for it this year because there's been no nobody in the queue or the British Columbia Hockey League, but there will be in the future. At least, darn it, I hope so. Come on, Bill Guerin. I want to get back on there again. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, yeah, see, it's good to have the lighter schedule because I'm already doing the show and, you know, the weird, weird schedule, you know, like uh, I work shifts, but I suppose uh, Justin Bakke must as well because he's a paramedic, so nice job there. Very cool there. Very cool career there for Justin Bucky. Um But, yeah, MNW Prospects, also known as Young Guns. Of course, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, another great Minnesota Wild website. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, final couple of things. Please do uh, rate the show on iTunes, Audible. Uh, yeah, iTunes, Audible, or Stitcher, where you can write a review. I would really appreciate it if you were able to do that. Also, uh, Spotify, you can put at least a star review. For those of you that have in the past, thank you so much. The Vigit application, V-I-G-I-T, highly recommend that, of course. It'll be in the show description how to get that. The uh, referral is Paladino Live. It's social media for sports bettors. You can, uh, it's basically fantasy betting. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information on the, available on the Vigit Lakeline movement where the public is betting. Again, it is not real money wagering. Also, get on Crypto.com. Crypto.com, it's an application or app, basically. Apple or Android devices. There's the referral link in the show description, which would then show that I referred you and also put $25 in your account. With that said, again, call into the show if you could. Don't be afraid to do that via audio submission. Open your free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, just like my brand new uh, Galaxy S22 Plus. Uh, get on that. <laughs> yep, get on any of those. Open it up and <laughs> basically press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop. I would then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com with a Z. Also, again, um, you would email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. That is in the show description. With that said, I better get out of here. Thank you once and always for listening to the show. Tell your friends. Go wild. Hopefully we can survive this tough week against these tough, tough Canadian clubs. <laughs>